So today I'm joined with a Benji that goes by the handle at that xcord on Instagram. Benji, I'll hand it over to you to introduce yourself. Hey, so I'm that xcord. Um, I'm an online influencer on Instagram. Also got a YouTube channel, um, and also have a TikTok page. Uh, all go by that xcord. Apart from the TikTok, is that xcord official. I'm a fashion influencer to some extent, and um, I'm a freelance fashion stylist and photographer cool so benji let's start with your sicky journey so if you tell me more about that how it started where you're at now with it as well so my sicky journey essentially started when i was 13 roughly um i mean it started before then um because my mum would take me to like gurbani class and places like that and like gurdwara on sundays and stuff so it's it started at a young age but I never really quite understood it to uh, an extent until I was like around 13. Um, and that's when I decided to join Gatka as well. Uh, when, starting to join, when I started joining Gatka, like we would do Sakya there as well, as um, not just learning Gatka. So we were learning Gatka, we were learning Sakya. Um, and just like the whole Sangat group as a whole. Uh, also during that time I was doing Kirtan, um, and I was learning the Vajra and everything. So we used to have um, Kirtan Darbars and stuff. So I had like my own Sangat that I had. So just like seeing them in their Sikhi journey and seeing myself, it just felt like there was something missing. Um, started going to like uh, Kirtan um, programs, like the bigger ones. So once going to them, I realized like, you know, like there's actually like a whole Sangat, there's this whole like, people actually following the proper lifestyle. It's not just, you know, a name as such or a title. So I was like, you know what, I, I want to go more down into this route. And at the time, I think I was around 16, 17. And Siki really helped me as a whole, um, just to get through life, um, especially when there was like tough times during college times and all that. Um, so yeah, I, 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 18 I decided to take Amrit but throughout this whole journey I had like so I had so many issues I was dealing with learning like before I took Amrit I like I had experienced bullying in regards to like having really thick eyebrows and back then having really thin eyebrows was trending so <laughs> yeah so me having like even the eyebrows that I have now they're trending now like <laughs> Ten years later, the trend. No, not even ten. Seven years later, the yeah. trend. But back then, these were bushy. I used to like pick, get picked on, um, and it, it wasn't like the best feeling. It was just like it really pulled me down in my self esteem. And yeah, I did like give in because at the time I hadn't taken them. I wasn't completely down this path. Um, I did get my eyebrows down a few times, um, and obviously just to like fit in. Mm -hmm. But then. When obviously I, I, it was conflicting because I was going down the security, then I was doing my eyebrows and I was like, this doesn't add up, like mm -hmm. I need to stop. But to be honest, I, I didn't get them done all the time. I think we got them done a handful of times. But in that time pe period, I was like, you know what, this doesn't go hand in hand. I need to stop, like mm -hmm. I need to be brave. And um, yeah, so over, the over time, I stopped doing my eyebrows, started feeling more self-confident with the gears that I did have and before I took Amrit I was 
confident with what my appearance was and how I, how I was in general, that I didn't need to change anything or, you know. Um, but yeah, that's, then I was 18 when I took Amrit, um, Patna Sahib in India. Oh, wow, back home as well. <laughs> yeah, back home. Oh, nice. You know what, you, you saying that is, um, it's like looking in a mirror because I'm at that stage of wanting to experience a lot more, but I, um, I do get my eyebrows done occasionally and I feel like that is something that I'm trying to work on like trying to build that sort of confidence to to go out with bushy eyebrows because uh yeah a few years ago I had stick eyebrows um they were very thin <laughs> that was the fashion um but now trying to get used to the bushiness um it's not easy and I feel like a lot of chords would agree with me when I say that mm -hmm. that it is very difficult to be going out in public people can't help themselves they will say something um they will talk about it they will make your life a bit difficult um and I feel like this is where a lot of girls like yourself because I feel like you're such a, a voice for uh sick women um especially being in the public eye and all your you being on that platform and being able to talk to other girls and and tell them that it's it's actually okay mm -hmm. and making it the norm that is really helpful not only for myself but I think loads of people will agree so um how how can you um push young girls or how, how can I push myself into thinking it's actually okay to have bushy brows and uh, a mustache because um yeah that's not easy so I I have a friend that's also in transition like she wants to go down this path she's also conflicting but um I've told her take it step by step don't rush mm -hmm. the more you're going to rush the more chances there are for you to fall back mm -hmm. um and obviously there's nothing worse that you can do than fall back on your journey of sick yeah. because it's just going to get harder to get back up and actually take the steps again um so I've always said especially with like eyebrows take it step by step so mm -hmm. for example um what I did was because obviously just stopping all of a sudden and going from really thick eyebrows to <laughs> bushy eyebrows is is a big change like people yeah. are going to notice it they're going to be like oh you haven't done your eyebrows like yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was um I decided that I was going to not do the main bulk of the eyebrow mm -hmm. but because I had like a monobrow <laughs> which, which you know what surprisingly over time it's like faded away like it's barely what? no yeah. see I feel like with my hair you'll be able to see it <laughs> no I promise you my sister's the same that like she's never done my younger sister she's never done her eyebrows but her monobrow's fading away like I don't know the <laughs> I don't know the science behind it but it's like not as vivid as it was like five years ago kind of thing I might have to google that <laughs> yeah, I, don't know how, I don't know the science trust me I don't know how it works but anyways um I then start, I stopped doing the bulk of the eyebrow and just like left the middle which I would pluck which is really bad but that was the only way I could take a step forward so then my next mission would have been to stop plucking the middle part of my mm -hmm. eyebrow so if there was any one or two strands or a couple of strands I needed to just suck it up and be like actually no it's okay like it's okay to have eyebrows like it does, you don't have to fit in mm. you know for you to feel confident so I think it took me a pro I think it probably took me two years in process like in the first year I was able to stop 
doing like my bulk of my eyebrow but it was just the middle bit because I used to get picked on a lot yeah for that like Mm -hmm. public humiliation kind of Mm -hmm. that level it was easier for us because our skin tone you can actually see black hairs like it is it's very difficult to to keep your eyebrows undone uh, in the middle because you will be able to see it <laughs> yeah a hundred percent you'll be able to see it and because obviously I had so many bad experiences and I didn't really know what to do and I never really told anyone back then because I'm the oldest in the family so I had no one really to go to my yeah. parents obviously they were busy with work and I'm, I'm one of four so it's not entirely easy for me to just go to my parents and be like yo like this is happening like a lot of the time they don't even know what they're gonna do kind of mm-hmm. thing um but yeah so I would say step, take a step at a time and especially even like with the upper lip and stuff I've never actually done my upper lip oh really yeah I have one it's just like even my sisters like I guess it's obviously different for every single one some some women have more facial hair than probably others so it would be a different journey for every single person but like with me because my mum was always like no you're not doing your upper lip kind of thing until like it got bad but then because I've just diverted from being a normal person to in sicky so I never really experienced that part side of things does that make Mm. sense but I guess even even with the upper lip it's it's a process so if you're not 100% confident, you know what, it sounds really bad, like bleaching isn't also, it's also a detour from what Siki teaches you, but at the end of the day, I think it's a process of learning to accept yourself, so mm-hmm. if it, if it is really bad for one, that is an option to them to then take another step forward, because at least they're not removing it then, but then obviously you're not supposed to be dyeing your hair in general. So, but I guess it's a learning curve. No one's perfect. So I guess the next step would then be to learn to like, even if it's not bleached, like learn to love. Because I mean, even with bleaching, it's still obvious it's there. Like you can still see it. It's it's like, you know, it's still like I said, especially on our skin tone because it comes out yellow almost. So. <laughs> exactly. So you can see like when you're face to face with someone, you can mm-hmm. see it. It's there, but yeah it's just learning to accept yourself at the end of the day it's a step at a time because obviously with the beauty standards in this day and age um it doesn't come easy but Mm. no exactly and I feel like it must be difficult for you now so how long have you been in in the public eye for is in how long have you been doing the influencer four years years. so you say that the majority of hate that you get online is because of your guests or is there other things a lot of things it could be my clothing yeah it could be the type of video I post so if it's a comedy post they'll be like why why are you doing this like you should be despite that it takes me 30 seconds to make that post yeah like it actually takes me it's a 15 second video Mm -hmm. I can make two versions of it Like, I don't think people understand the process. Like, I'm not getting ready for the video. I'm already ready. So yeah. I'm going to spend a few seconds of my life just to make something so I can post, right? I feel like everyone, um, adds, like, w- once you've been blessed with the Amrit, you're not allowed to have fun. And that's not, yeah. that's no. not okay. Because then you're making uh, this it's whole really journey hard. look very difficult. 
um, and I feel like a lot of people are very quick to jump on anything and any like anyone that seems a, like they're doing something apart from bad which is not yeah. the case do you not I mean Guruji didn't say don't have fun so doing something like making a, a 15 second video is not gonna hurt no and taking into consideration we're in 2020 now right back then they didn't have internet they didn't have videos yes so they would have spent 15 seconds doing something else maybe even playing I don't know marbles or something (laughs) yeah like I think people forget that aspect of things Mm -hmm. so yeah I get hate on the videos I get hate on the clothes because you know we can't we have to wear suits and the whole process Suits, um, yeah, yeah um, and then I get hate on oh I get hate on removing hair okay like that I know my family knows that I don't I don't see but this people, is what I mean it's like it's like very, I, it's very uh, it's very weird because we're we're trying to learn how to love our hair and then I feel like when someone says you're removing your hair, it might be a low-key compliment compliment because you're like, oh, do you know what? It doesn't actually look that bad then. No, exactly. No, but it's a compliment. But then it's also an insult because it's like, well, you're saying that to me, right? Mm. But what do you expect a woman to look like then? Like, what's your vision of female beauty? And then instead of thinking, obviously, you know, each person, each woman is different in their own way. You're like automatically say no if a woman doesn't shave she's supposed to be hairy (laughs) you know and I think that's embedded in us as well like we think when I was younger I used to be like okay if I like if I don't remove any hair I'm going to be hairy but like Mm -hmm. if you actually let it grow out there's like for some people it's not even much and for others it could be you know it all depends on the hormone levels but I think it's just like me let me growing up my whole life knowing that I should be removing my hair when I wasn't uh, to the extent yeah you know that I could have and then now being told that I don't remove my hair that I do remove like (laughs) conflicting (laughs) yeah so I'm like okay yeah so I get hate on me removing my hair when I don't but um society is built like this this image of what a woman's meant to look like maybe that's just based on on the media what we've seen in like magazines and stuff but it's really hard to just ignore I feel like for women nowadays it's really hard to ignore that that picture of that you know ideal woman uh, of what an ideal woman's meant to look like no hair on their legs no hair on their arms like like it it is very difficult and and I think that's probably a, a struggle for myself as well and and getting comments like um I actually had someone speak to me the other day and they were saying that uh, their family isn't the most supportive now I'm very lucky because my family are quite supportive mm-hmm. of the path that I'm taking but for someone whose family aren't so supportive and getting comments like who's gonna marry you yeah it's had- not easy <laughs> it is really not easy and I do feel bad for people that and I don't think she's the only one that has to hear those comments not just from family but I feel like you just hear it from anyone who's gonna marry yeah. you if you've got so much hair on your face mm-hmm. or if you've got a beard and that doesn't make it easier for anyone as well so it really needs to I feel like the sick community doesn't talk when we're meant to be talking we kind of go silent on topics like this and mm-hmm. this is something that 
more people like yourself um, need to talk about because it will help people um, go down the right path. Um, it's this idea of Sangat and how important Sangat is in Sikhi as well and having the right Sangat, even if it's online, because everything is online these days. Yeah. Um, having online Sangat is very important um, because I feel like, for me, right now, I live in a town where there is no six, um, none at all. Uh, I, I feel like I am the only one at some point. Obviously, I'm living out for uni, so um, I, I there's no six around here, so I don't have the experience of having Sangat around me. Um, there's no Godare here. Uh, the closest Godare is like 40 minutes away. So um, it's very difficult. I feel like now that I've got the Siki class platform, it's nice because I do get to talk to Sangat and I do hear, you know, discussions like that with Gors and messaging because they realise I am a Gor myself and they'll message and be yeah. like, oh, how do you keep your guests? Not realising that I, I haven't been blessed with Amrit yet and I'm still learning about it. And I can only give mm -hmm. advice to an extent, which is why I feel like it's very important to talk to you about it today as well, because I feel like a lot of people want to hear um, actual answers to their questions and not me just going, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I need to help myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, on the topic of that, I watched your video, um, how I ended up, taking Amrit and you explained that um the the thing that made it easier for you was Bard and you talked briefly about the power of Bard so can you explain that uh briefly before I took Amrit I was obviously I was going to the divans and stuff but then also I was trying to keep like my Amrit Lila and stuff so it was sometimes on and off but I was trying my best to stay on um, and you know, doing my Amadilla, doing my Renasa. And um, it gets to the point when you do it so regular that if you don't do it, it feels like you're missing something in life. And you want to get to the level, obviously, that you're doing your part every day. So they feel it's like a part of you. Um, also, it really helps in line your thinking and your thought process. So when you do do your part, you realize like you go into like a, I don't know about anyone else, but for me, I definitely went into more of a deeper spiritual level. So if there was like discussions or arguments or anything, I would really like step back and really analyze everything rather than jumping into it and just start arguing on whatever side I want to argue on mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I, I got to that level where I was like, you know what, like even like in my own life, I was like, am I doing the right thing like is this a person I want to be and would my guru be happy with what I am doing so like questions like that started like popping into my mind and I started analyzing things and I was like you know what like Amrit's actually missing in my life I need to work towards it mm -hmm. so before I took Amrit I did start wearing my dastar and I think I started wearing my dastar six months before I took Amrit so that was sort of January time. I was like, you know what? I just was like, you know, I need to start wearing the star. Like it's something that I'm missing and it's like a uniform. Um, so I thought I'll take it a step at a time. So I then started wearing my the star and was like, okay, so what's my next step kind of thing? How do I want to grow as a person? How do I want to grow my faith? So yeah, I think Bard really helped me in that aspect. Like it really made me think about what was right for my life and what wasn't and what I needed to do to change. So was there anything was there anything that helped you uh 
in terms of keeping your gears, like specifically, um, was it Bart or was there, was there something else that pushed you to? So with my Sangud, um, a lot of them didn't remove their gears. Okay. So I had like this 50-50 lifestyle kind of thing. So I had mm-hmm. the, at school, which was like, you know, all beauty standards. There was girls having like, they're on some drink diet. And I'm like, <laughs> drink diet they, I'm like you're in your nine you don't need to be on a diet firstly they weren't yeah. overweight they were really skinny and they were like, uh, what, like the, the water diet where they just drink water no there was some sort of shape or something oh <laughs> they were like okay well, yes, and then they were really hooked up on um hair makeup dressing going out and that was a lot of the people around me um mm. but obviously I wasn't that type of person that was so hooked in but it affects you to a certain extent when you're listening to this all day and every day kind of thing and then um the other half of my lifestyle was when I wasn't in school I had my sangha so I felt more comfortable there and felt more welcomed and I think that just grew me as a person and as a person I was like you know what I don't need to obtain all this crap that you know I've been influenced as such um and I'm like okay I can stand up on my own two feet and because everyone knew like I was doing gutka and stuff like even at school they were a bit more wary in the sense like if we were to fight her she would probably (laughs) you know slam us down so they all had this like subtle yeah perception yeah 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 yeah. So, so then that I think really helped me as a person because I was like you know what they mess with me yeah <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> so yeah I I kind of like took a you know good big step um mm-hmm. I think also, also I had this one big incident back in school when someone actually cut my kiss without <gasps> me knowing what yeah so I was sat in lesson someone like Got, came behind me like cut some of my gears off from the back what school did you go to because this doesn't sound normal <laughs> oh no it's not normal no so that happened oh. when I I escalated things I took it to the head of head of um the school I took it up I I didn't blow it out of proportion technically it's assault she shouldn't have cut my hair Definitely. and by the fact six weeks I think well yeah, six weeks probably, continuously, she was asking me the same question. Why don't you put your hair? <sighs> and I would actually answer the question every single time she asked me, you know? And despite that, she still went around and did it. So, yeah, I think that obviously impacted me in general. Um, yeah. So I was like, you know what, like, imagine if... I was wearing a dustbag, this would have not happened. And I didn't cut my, like, gears on my head. I've never cut my gears on my head. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a lot for me to take in because I loved having long hair. Mm. And I was, I think, out of my whole class, there was only two of us that had long hair in general. And everyone loved it because they loved seeing the long hair because no one else had it Mm. kind of thing. So that was the only thing that was keeping me going because I had something that everyone else wanted but they didn't have. 
So yeah, I, I, in general, I guess having the sangat outside really helped me mm. push me in in the way like you know what you can do it like mm. you you don't need to listen to anyone else kind of thing. The fact that it was a novel woman as well, even if she wasn't sick or didn't quite understand it, that needs to change. I feel like that's when it's not just sick women, it's a battle for all women. We all actually need to stand together. And it comes it comes to that um, discussion of having another woman's back. See, I was very lucky. Um, my best mate, she's like my little sister. She, uh, me and her uh, have been friends since year 10. And so I went through my transition as such, or started my transition as, uh, as such, uh, during A-levels. And so I had that support from her where she was very much so like, you can do it, like, just do it. Like, um, she's very into her faith as well. So me looking at that and being like, oh, I want that for myself. I want yeah. I want to feel what she's feeling because she was, she's always just so calm and happy all the time. So. Uh, and me, um, I get, I used to get angry very quickly. Uh, things used to get to me very, very quickly, but she would just be so unbothered. It's like, it takes a lot to annoy her. And she had this outlook of like, it's okay if God's there, God's listening, it's fine. And I wanted that for myself. And I think that that pushed me. So even if it's not sick Sangat, having Sangat in general that are very uh, supportive is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, I went through, um, I went to India in 2017. I went to Siri Hermanta Saib, and since then I haven't looked back. Like, I let go of meat, I don't eat eggs, I keep the majority of my guests, but my face, facial care is a different story. Um, but I feel like, yeah, like you said, having a good Sangat uh, is very important. Um, and it's something that I've spoken about in my previous podcast as well um, about the importance of. of Sangat um and moving on from that you made a video as well called I love my guess mm-hmm. with a few other cores I think yeah. so yeah. how how did that video come about because that is a very powerful video as well I think at the time there was some sort of um some something was going on in the media um I don't know if a call was it like I don't know if it was like some sort of issue that came up but that it was experienced by a core and then it was just obviously to highlight the fact that not everyone removes their hair you know you don't like there there are people out there that don't remove all their hair and that doesn't make you any less beautiful of, of a person um and I think that was just obviously to enhance the whole situation and obviously teach people that you know that there is more to beauty than just looking at a woman's hair and mm-hmm. how she keeps it kind of thing um so yeah I think that was the reason why I made that video as such and obviously just to support the whole movement that was going on at the time um with all the cause and their stories about their gifts and everything and just briefly touching back on your Amrita Sanjad how, how was that because I haven't done that yet or taken that step so could you like talk me through the events uh, or what happened or even from the minute that you thought I was going to do it to the moment that it actually happened so I didn't know I was going to take Amrit until I took it kind of thing yeah I was I was still very um double-minded at the time 
um, not because that I don't want to take Amrit. It was more that I want to, I, I don't know if I'll be able to maintain it to the level, because I'm very self-critical. Okay. I do anything, I'll criticise myself mm-hmm. for what I've done. Mm-hmm. So that even if I've made food, I'll criticise my own food, even though it tastes <laughs> like, I, I'm very critical of like, what I do and the way the way I think and stuff so perfect is very difficult for me to obtain Mm -hmm. and sometimes I have to be like you know what just do it because who knows when you're going to be perfect kind of thing um essentially I want to take like you know how you have Amrit then you have Jola Mm -hmm. yeah so I wanted to take I was thinking of taking the first day for Funa having a Jola and then Mm -hmm. Amrit maybe a year later or you know so taking it step by step, um, my sis, my younger sister, she had taken Amrit, and my sister younger than her, she was going to take Amrit at Patnasad. Um, and I don't know what happened, but I'll just say Maraj Dikarpana, like I ended up taking Amrit yeah. at that time. Um, so yeah, just to like prepare yourself, it was just essentially, you know, you have to wear your panch kakar because I wasn't wearing my kakars before I took okay. Amrit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people do, but I just never got around to thinking about that aspect of life kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like I had my kara, but apart from that, I didn't have my ganga, I didn't have my kaban, mushara, and I had my gifts. So I had two out of the five kind of thing. Um, so yeah just I had to make sure that I had all of those on me before mm-hmm. the um also I had to make sure that if I like I was wearing the star back then so I had to make sure my the star could open up from the top okay because they put Amrit um on your head as well but okay. it has to go to your dasandwar so I had to make sure that my the star could just be like lifted from the top a little bit so there's like a bit of an opening um yeah so that that was one aspect I had to keep in mind um but apart from that the rest just flows through so the minute you they the bunch are really like helpful in that sense they tell you exactly what you need to do um where you need to sit um and usually you need to have at least minimum five people um okay. to be able to sit um at any uh, place uh, okay. so, yeah. Um, at the time, the Amr Sanjar was specially held for us. We were requested it. They were like, as long as we have five people. Um, and we did. Ha- we were travelling with other people that wanted to take Amr. So mm-hmm. it was just a coincidence that we had five people right. at the time. So we didn't have any problems with, you know, getting numbers to be able to take Amr. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm, OK, that's interesting because I didn't know the majority of that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I so didn't know when sister took Amrit, which was a week before I took Amrit. Yeah. Did she take yeah. it in India as well? Yeah, as also. How did your um, family react to your transition as such? So essentially with my parents, they were quite supportive. Um, yeah, because my mum's always, she's wanted to take Amrit, but she's never fully been able to as such um so my parents haven't taken on red so going from obviously and not, not no one in my family's ever dying 
like my dada dadi aunt, my nana aunt, my mummy, jaje, bua, dai, so like no one's really amradari. I might have one, but like that's even extended. That's not even like immediate, immediate family. Like it'll probably my dadi's cousin or something like that. Um, and then my there, there's a few amradari, like so that's only in that's not in their kids as well. It's only in the grandparents. Right. So it's never actually seeped through enough. Um, so I could say that, yeah, my I have a cousin that's down this path as well. They're all not interested in that, in this aspect of things. Um, so my parents were quite supportive. My dad's rule was, if you decide to wear the star, just remember it's forever. It's not temporary. So he was like, if you're going to do it, and if you're going to start wearing it out in public, because I was practicing at home, uh, but he was like, once you wear it out in public, there's no going back. Mm -hmm. So just think about it. And um, that that was his way of saying, like, don't, you don't want to fall back in Sikhi after taking steps forward and obviously disappoint your guru, like, in general, because you're moving forward and then moving back. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah so he he was supportive in that sense but he just said that one thing he's like if you do go down that path there's no going back so think about it mm -hmm. but um generally they were very supportive my extended family they when I was going to take Amrit they were constantly saying don't take Amrit like don't do it you're going to regret it mm -hmm. what's the point blah 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 I'm like you're you're judging an experience that you've never felt yeah um and just from that you're not you won't be able to stop me from taking on that because I've felt um everything that I've experienced because obviously when I'm going to give them the vibes that Anand and everything and it it's very overwhelming but it's the most beautiful thing that you can experience um, and you always want to be in that journey that you want to be able to experience that level of enlightenment, I guess, I could put in, if I could put it into words. Um, but yeah, they, they weren't supportive at all, but my parents were, so they just said, you know what, we're supportive, doesn't matter who, whatever anyone else say, says or thinks, just do what you want to do, kind of thing, so... I know there's people out there that don't have supportive parents, but I guess it's just showing them the light that you are experiencing will help them understand in the long run, like why you want to do what you want to do. And how can people show them that light? So like, for example, like if you're from a family that doesn't go to give them the bars or anything like that, uh, maybe take them with you and they'll be able to see the Anand, they'll be able to see it at least, mm. the is feeling there, mm. right? But they were able to see it like on everyone's faces, you can see it just, it's very powerful, especially when you go to the bigger programs. Um, so yeah, I would say like maybe take them to places like that, maybe teach them like Sakya and just show there's actually stuff like this out there. Like there is, another level to experience than not just your daily life 
last little question. Uh, would you do you have any advice for young girls who are going through the transition in terms of their guess and in terms of uh, self love almost and uh, acceptance? I think, like I said before, probably step at a time. Don't rush. Take it a step at a time to love yourself. Love your flaws. It's not easy. And maybe even limit yourself on social media. Because social media just seen like pretty girls, they'll be like, well, I'm not that pretty. You know, it's just going to push your self-esteem down rather than building it up. Um, so obviously I think social media is like a big thing. Like, I mean, not as such as movies and TV shows aren't as bad and they do influence you, but not to the extent that, that social media does. Because when you're yes. scrolling, that's it. You're, you're gone. And usually what happens is the algorithm will pick out posts that you've been looking at. So it's just going to show you more. Yeah. You know? And breaking out of that loop is going to be very difficult for your social media because you're going to either have to change your post content that you're watching. Mm. And that's going to be difficult because you're just so, so indulged mm. in the beauty that they have that you're like, I want to see how I can change myself. Then you're going to start getting posts about how you can do this and how you can do that, how you can change your eye shape to a cat eye or blah, blah, blah. So, or get Kylie Jenner lips. And <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that because that's not self-love. It may be for some, but it's not self-acceptance to who you are, the way Guru teaches us to love mm -hmm. ourselves. So thank you, Benji, for joining me today. Obviously, you must be so busy and stuff, and I've woken you up so early in the morning for this as well. Um, but just uh, quickly, for anyone that may not have heard of you before, where can they find you? Um, so they can find me on Instagram, thatxcore. Uh, same as my YouTube um, channel is also thatxcore. Um, and my TikTok account, if they want to entertain themselves, <laughs> is thatxcoreofficial.